what we put in our bodies and what we surround ourselves with has a huge, huge effect on ourselves mentally, emotionally, and physically. to the Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast, the exploration of life fully optimized with Megan Hotman. Hey, Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast listeners, welcome back. This episode is brought to you by my friends over at Relish Studio. Check them out on the web at relishstudio.com. They are a digital marketing firm devoted to purpose-driven business leaders, and their goal is to guide and support their customers as they realize the full potential of marketing to fuel both business and personal growth. Speaking from personal experience, I have worked with Relish on websites, logo design, and in fact, the editing of this very podcast. I can't say enough about them. And my friend Stu is just a wonderful human. He is totally in alignment in terms of environment and sustainability, two things I'm very passionate about. And in fact, their entire business is a 1% for the planet partner which means they're giving back a percentage of their revenue to environmental causes and organizations. I just love these guys. I can't say enough about them. If you decide to check them out and you want to hire them for a new job, make sure you mention the Maximum Enthusiasm podcast to them and they will offer you a 10% discount off of their normal rate on their first engagement with you. Check them out, relishstudio.com. Okay, friends, I hope you're back for the second round with Kat. Here we transition away from food and nutrition and into environmental considerations, including things in your home, the amount of plastic in our lives, things that we put on our skin like shampoo, makeup, things that we have in our home like cleaning supplies, the things that we cook our food in like our pots and pans, and also our clothing choices in terms of fibers and plastics that end up on our bodies, ultimately in our food, and then ultimately in us. And she talks about just really being a conscious consumer. And you've seen this theme sort of throughout these podcasts with Stu mentioning it. Now Kat's mentioning it too, where small decisions that we make can really add up in big ways. And yes, we are just one person, but we, with respect to our conscious decisions about the plastic and things that we buy and our consumption really do add up to make a big difference. And one of the things about this part of Kat's interview that broke my heart was her talking about the mountains of plastic that she observed as she was traveling abroad. And I think those of us who have visited beaches in other countries, we've all seen it where it's these mounds of plastic that wash up on shore and it's devastating and it's coming from us. And so it's up to us to take ownership of that and be more conscientious about what we're doing and frankly, where we're spending our money and what we're buying. So she makes some great suggestions. She imparts some fantastic wisdom, and I particularly like her closing quote, which we'll feature on the website, because she talks about how it really takes you and us being conscious to fully optimize. It doesn't happen by accident, and if we really put in the time and the effort, we can optimize mentally, physically, and emotionally, and I suspect it would be like flipping the switch and having your car powered by NOS. I mean, I think it would just be like you 2.0 and 
I wonder for all of us what we could accomplish and what our lives would look like if we gave ourselves that opportunity. So here's your nudge. Conscious consumerism, less plastic, healthy eating, take care of yourself. Let's flip that switch. Let's see what we can do as a Maximum Enthusiasm family. Have a good one. So, um, you know, we're going to start up episode two here. We'll splice this into two since we, we try to keep this to a commutable length uh, podcast. But I, I want to tap into the other topic of your expertise, which I'm fascinated about and I know a lot less about than I do on the nutrition side, which is the environmental factors that come into our health and wellness and you can call it biohacking, as Dave Asprey calls it, or you can just call it sort of conscious consumerism. But either way, I think not only what we put into our bodies, but what we have on our bodies and surrounding us in our environments plays a huge part in our overall health and ability to fully optimize. So let me just kind of open the door there for you to talk about some of those factors. And, um, and you can share some of those articles, too, that you've written about these things. I've written numerous articles about this. Um, and it- Again, in my health evolution over the last, you know, 20, 30 years or so, I have paid attention to those toxic things that are all around us. And it's scary how much they are there. And it's not just the pesticides that the farmer is dumping in his fields or the chemicals that are in preservatives that are in the food that are at the supermarket, but it's things that we are surrounded by in our homes. And, you know, one of them is just the, the cleaning chemicals we use, um, things you don't even think about, you know, bleach and Windex and um, toilet bowl cleaner and, and all those things that you think, oh, this is going to get my house all clean and bright and shiny. Well, in the process, you're absorbing all those toxins that are in there that get your house that clean and bright and shiny. And there's plenty of natural things you can use. But, um, you know, we can talk a whole another hour or so on glyphosate and you know some of those chemicals that monsanto has churned out um and other companies too but um this is the big one that's in the news right now which is good um but then the, the other thing and i just wrote an article on it and i've really noticed i mean just even over the past 10 years the amount of plastic that is in our lives it is absolutely scary and i have done quite a bit of traveling and a lot of it was in latin america And you go to some of these countries and you're standing on this beautiful beach. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those countries have iffy water supplies. And I get that. And even for people who live there, it's iffy. Sure. And you look around on these beaches and some of this beautiful countryside. And there are literally mountains of plastic bottles and plastic bags just piled up everywhere. And you you think, okay, this is just one little tiny town or one little tiny segment of what I'm seeing. And if you think, multiply that by what is going on around the world, it is just downright scary. But, you know, even beyond that, we all grew up with, you know, Tupperware and that's the coolest thing ever, you know, but Tupperware degrades and it throws off those little tiny microfibers of plastic and even the clothes we wear, if it's polyester or if it's micro fleece, they are they are breaking down little tiny microplastics in our environment. Um, one of the things you know, we hear about microplastics that are in the ocean and that the um, the seafood and the fish and the turtles are getting into their bodies, and even little tiny um, 
microscopic animals like plankton are getting little fibers mm. of plastic in their bodies. But one of the things that really struck me is like, well, I hear about that. I know that's out there. I don't know for sure how you avoid it, especially if we're trying to eat wild caught fish. Right. You're eating fish that's in, probably ingested plastic. But um, they did a really interesting experiment in a home. And it's just a basic home. I can't remember where it was. But they set out um, plates. And they set out plates for each meal. And they let those plates sit out for a period of hours. And I can't remember exactly how many hours. It was, it was a short period of time, less than a day. And so then at each meal, they took that plate and, you know, it looked perfectly clean because it's only been sitting there for a couple hours. And they actually um, analyzed the plates and they looked and they found an average of 144, I believe, pieces of microplastic on those plates for each meal. So their findings concluded that most people are eating 144 pieces of plastic at every meal wow. if you're eating in your home. That's just from the little fibers that float around from your carpeting, from your microfiber sweatshirt, oh my gosh. from you know your toothbrush or the plastic bags or the, the plastic containers you're using for storing food and those kind of things. And it's just really scary. It's like hard to eliminate plastic. It's everywhere. And, you know, I, I get so frustrated when I buy buy any kind of product and even if you're buying it from a healthy store you know it's still covered in plastic yep and it's like i I don't know how i can avoid it i i have tried to change as many things as i can in my own environment like um i now only store food in glass containers which you know you can wash and they last forever and they work great um i i don't use teflon pans anymore i try not to use plastic bags i don't even use regular garbage bags because i always think that is the dumbest thing ever there's not always a great solution if you got large quantities of garbage but in my trash cans it's like why would i go out and buy plastic bags to put in my trash to throw away right that only purpose is to throw trash away and that just makes no sense to me so i use you know my paper bags from the grocery store but that plastic's everywhere, and I don't really know how to eliminate it, except that we have to be super conscious of what we have around us and what we are using to get away from that. Well, let's talk about, because it can feel very overwhelming for a consumer, and, you know, I guess the um, the, the side story that I would just point out is, um, you know, so why do we care other than from an environmental perspective? Well, isn't it true that this, this plastic um, epidemic has been linked to a lot of neurological dysfunction, um, depression, and um, and many of these, you know, um, mental afflictions that our society is dealing with right now. A lot of that's coming from those, you know, polyurethanes or whatever it is that we're ingesting. Yes, one of the things that, um, and I wrote about this quite a few years ago. Um, you know, if we're drinking water out of plastic bottles. We are, that water actually is leaching out some of those chemicals that are in those plastic bottles. And different types of plastic will leach out different types of chemicals. And, you know, depending on the water bottle you're using or depending on whatever container you're using or if you're microwaving or whatever, you're getting those chemicals. Some of those, um, I wrote a whole big article on um, something called xenoestrogens. And some of those chemicals that are in plastic... Um, are 
are they mimic the estrogen in our bodies. So they are chemical forms of estrogen and they affect men as well as women. And some of those some of those estrogens actually have been traced to increased risk of cancer, especially breast cancers and those estrogen-related cancers. And for men, they actually create things like um, sterility, um, gynecomastia, which is man boobs. Oh wow! Um, decreased testosterone, decreased sex drive, um, and for both people, both men and women, um, decreased fertility. There's all kinds of things that those plastics that will, they affect our endocrine glands, they affect our hormones, and they do affect our mental capacity as well. So again, kind of back to the overwhelm for the consumer, um, a couple things you've mentioned already, you know, one would be choosing the plastics that you are going to drink from. For example, we use water bottles a lot in cycling. So making sure that those are BPA free, I would assume is a good start. And then you also mentioned not cooking in plastics, not microwaving in plastics. Um, what other, you know, actual implementable suggestions would you make for consumers to minimize plastic as much as they can? You know, and it's like I said earlier, I think one of the things that is super important is to just start paying attention to the plastic that is around us because I think so many of us are just unaware of the fact that I mean you, you get you take plastic for granted I think so many of us are just unaware of how many things are plastic and right now I'm sitting in my kitchen and I'm looking around <laughs> at all the things that are made of plastic and as much as I try to eliminate them it's still here so I think that's first and foremost. It's like start paying attention to how many things are in plastic. And if you can avoid it at all, eliminate it. So, you know, instead of buying something in a container, buy it in bulk. Or instead of buying a plastic, you know, getting water in a plastic water bottle, buy it in a glass water bottle. Sure. Or bring your own from um, your reusable water bottle. Um you know, those are the biggest things. And, you know, I have a question for you, too. I freak out about the whole, uh, you know, I use water bottles on my bike all the time. And it's hard to find one that I feel comfortable with. And most of the time, any kind of plastic that is not really rigid, um, which is usually most of the water bottle bikes, right. water bottles that are on bikes, I think they all have some kind of... Um, chemicals in them that have BPA and some of the other stuff that's harmful. So it's like, I don't know, do you have a better solution for bike, bike bottles? You know, there are more and more that are pushing out the BPA free because they realize what a huge issue that is. Um, I'm looking right now to see if I can find a link to the ones that I use because they at least promote themselves as being that. And, um, the, the one that, you know, I think most cyclists use, and it's pretty common across the board, are the specialized water bottles because they can do the custom. So, for example, that's who I have my water bottles made with, and those are BPA-free. Um, you know, obviously, they have kind of that supple plastic that you're talking about, so there's no question there's going to be some chemicals in there, but at least to the extent that they are BPA-free, that, um, that is a known issue. I know that's a challenge because some of the metal bottles are really not practical to have on the bike and they jangle around and they make a funny noise. And, you know, frankly, you could be drinking um, metal byproducts too. I don't know if there's a better or worse scenario, but that's definitely a challenge. Um, but I like what you say about just becoming a more conscious consumer where if there is a glass option going that route, 
perhaps buying one large jug of hand soap as opposed to six small bottles of hand yes. soap as one example. And it's interesting what you said about trash too, because I've always wondered about that too, that we, we wrap our trash in plastic bags to throw them into the landfill. And now that plastic has to try and degrade, which it really isn't known for. <laughs> um, they sort of outlawed plastic bags in, you know, in stores. They don't really give them out that much anymore. Right. And, but yeah, we can walk into a store and buy, you know, a hundred plastic trash bags right. that we're going to throw right to the trash. And it's like, well, this makes no sense to me because, you know, in one sense they're outlawing them, but in the other sense we're still using them. Right. So I, I, they really, and I know they are available, but they're very hard to find is the, um, the biodegradable plastic bags. You know, if you're going to use plastic bags for trash, biodegradable would be the way to go. Right. You know, you mentioned something earlier about Teflon plan, uh, pans. Um, so would you recommend, um, I've got an iron skillet because I was told once that if you cook in an iron skillet, you can absorb a little bit more iron into your food. Is that the type of pan or cookware that you would recommend? You know, I, I have been paying a lot of attention to all this, um, the new technology that's coming out in pans. And it's hard to really pinpoint a type of pan that is good other than when you just get bare metal and then you have to deal with, you know, is it going to stick or not? But right. I use cast iron pan. Um, cast iron's a little tricky. You have to know how to take care of it. You have to know how to heat it up. Right. And you have to know how to put in the right kind of oil to make it make it so that foods aren't sticking. Um, and, and I agree. I use my cast iron pan for the same thing. Um, you can get a little bit of iron from that, which is good for you. Um, especially when you're cooking things that are acidic, they actually leach out a little bit more of that iron okay. and, help, and your body absorbs it better too. But um, yeah, cast iron pans. The other one that I use all the time, and I have, I don't know if I have learned, I, I started thinking about this because a lot of times I'm sort of, I cook so much, it's like, I don't know if I figured out a way to make it nonstick or if the pan is getting seasoned or what, but I have... Um, I have a set of all-clad pans. It was one of the things that I think is really important. It's like good quality cookware. And these are stainless steel. And I cook eggs in it every day. My eggs don't stick. Okay. I, I don't know. Maybe I just use lots of butter, which I think is awesome. But, um, you know, stainless steel is good. Um, definitely the cast iron pans are great. And then the ceramic pans are pretty good too, but food can stick to those. And then some of these newer ones... They're sort of Teflon-like, but not actually called Teflon. I think the jury's still out on some of those. Okay. Um, they may be better than the old Teflon pans and definitely better than, you know, one of those old Teflon pans that's starting to come apart. Sure. <laughs> all the Teflon's <laughs> flaking off in your food. But it, that's a tricky one. Um, okay. I try to stick with the things that are obvious and have been around forever and you know what? Use a lot of butter. That's right what I say. So there you go. <laughs> Cast iron or stainless steel and butter. Okay, I like it. Yeah, exactly. Like it. Okay, so we've talked about plastic and cookware. So then the other major category you mentioned is sort of the apparel selections that we make because our skin is our largest organ, right? And so anything that we put on yes. our skin, whether it's um, highly you know, frag uh, fragranted lotions or whatever, all the way to the clothing that we wear, so and shampoos and makeup products too. So um, what are your suggestions there to try and minimize to the extent possible these environmental factors that our skin will absorb? You know, that's a scary one. And again, 
I'm the canary in the coal mine, and I sort of appreciate, although it's a pain in the butt with me, (laughs) I am starting to appreciate my body's sensitivity to those things because I notice, and I try to stick with organic, um, naturally-based products that I put on my body, whether it's shampoo or soap or lotion, and and I try to keep those things, you know, down to a bare minimum, too. and I don't even use deodorant anymore. Yeah, that's a whole other discussion. Right. <laughs> and I don't, I don't sweat and I don't stink. So, um, which is the but, whole benefit to getting away from it is what I've heard. You just move away from it, and your body stops, you know, responding to it basically. <laughs> yeah, it was shocking. I, yeah, just a little aside from that because I started trying to get away from that quite a while ago when I started reading all the nasty stuff that was in deodorant. Yeah. And so I started using the crystal, yep. the natural crystal. And then I, I don't know if I ran out or if I just like thought, okay, I'm going to try going without it. Um, and all of a sudden I was like, well, I forgot that I wasn't even using deodorant because A, I wasn't stinky mm-hmm. and B, yep. I wasn't sweating. And one of the other things I read just sort of coincidentally, I just happened to be reading it. I'm a huge fan of magnesium and that's a whole nother subject. We could get into like nutrients and, and supplements, mm. but um, magnesium was one of those vital ones that we all need to be taking. And once I started taking magnesium, among many other benefits I had from it, I have learned that it makes you less of a stinky sweater. And oh, wow. if you have sweaty armpits, that it helps to take that away. And so I thought, well, maybe it's because I'm taking magnesium, but I, yeah, I don't use deodorant. But anyway, that's cool. Um, paying attention to, again, this is one of those things like paying attention to all those things that you use on your body. And this is what I appreciate from myself because I have broken out into horrible rashes Mm. from um, commercially prepared detergent. So if my clothes were washed in, I remember one time going to my grandfather's house and I washed clothes in Tide and I had been using something natural at home. And I put that shirt on and all of a sudden I started um, turning bright red and starting to get this real, um, there's a really scary feeling when you're having a really horrible allergic reaction, like a doom, you know, impending doom feeling. Oh, wow. And I went to the emergency room and they took my shirt off and where the shirt had been, my body was bright red. It was really wild and really scary. Wow. And so, you know, that's just, um, and my body's sensitive to it, but that's one of those things. It's like, okay, my body actually absorbed whatever horrible chemicals were in that detergent. So the detergent you wash your clothes with, um, dryer sheets, that's a coating that it puts on your clothes that you then, you know, the heat of your body and sweat will pull off sure. and you'll absorb. Um, obviously, shampoos and soaps, and things we use in the shower. And if you're taking a hot shower, your blood vessels dilate and your pores open up. And guess what? You are mm. just a huge sponge. So anything you're putting on your skin, especially in the shower, your body's going to soak it right up. Wow. And it's in your system. you got all those toxins in your system. And again, you know, you get out of your shower. Most people get out of the shower. I know women do, especially if you live in Colorado. Straight you to the shower, lotion. You dry off. You put lotion yeah. on. Yeah. And again, your pores are opened up, your body's ready to suck in whatever you're putting on it. And so you got to really pay attention to what's in my lotion, what's in my shampoo, what's in my, um, in my soap, in any kind of makeup or toiletries or hair products. It's all being absorbed into your body. And if you think about it, um, 
aside from the shower. All of those products are going to sit on your skin. Your skin is going to absorb them. And if you go out and get hot and sweaty and work out or you're riding your bike or, you know, you got a helmet on your head, you're absorbing even more of that stuff. Wow. And it's a lot. It's, that toxic load is huge. Um, so that's one thing to really pay attention to and really switch over to as many natural soaps and natural skin products and natural shampoos as you possibly can. I'm going to give one product or one company a, a, a plug. In, yeah, do it. It's, do it. It's, it's Lush. I love Lush. And I, I know they're not 100% organic and natural, but they are about 90%. And um, their products actually, you know, you switch over to organics and naturals and you're like, ew, my hair is not working out the way it was. <laughs> but, you know, you use, if you use a quality product, and that's why I like Lush, it's like, wow, this stuff is great. It's working out great. So, um, you know, if you find a find a natural product that you really like, uh, it makes a huge difference in getting that toxic load away from you. And then, again, you know, clothes. Um, and it, it's really a frustrating thing because a lot of our outdoor active wear Right. You know, or even like aerobic tights and yep. um, yoga tights and all the stretchy stuff that we put on, that's all synthetic. And those are all, a lot of those have plastic fibers in them. And microfiber, um, those microfiber plastics are really in things like, um, you know, fleeces. Fleeces are one of the worst, and they flake off little pieces of microfiber everywhere. And that's, um, Patagonia is trying to address that problem because that's one of those things, you know, it gets into, um, that's, they get into animal systems. You know, if you're outside and you're watching birds or whatever, those birds might be eating your microfiber shirt, right. you know, um, but your body, you're inhaling it. You know, wow. if you're active and you're wearing that kind of gear, you're going to inhale it too. And, you know, I want to back you up just a second. Cause when you mention all natural skincare products, you know, when you say kind of an all natural food product, I flip it over and I look at the label and I say, Oh, there's five ingredients there. I know all those things. And I can also pronounce those words. When we yes. talk about skincare products um, or beauty products, what types of things are we talking about in an all-natural um, option? Is it going to be along those same lines? I mean, I wouldn't even know what to use for an all-natural shampoo, for example. You know, and those are tricky, and those actually, as much as I know about chemicals and trying to keep the nasty chemicals away from my body, that's even something that I have to research from time to time because... I think one of the problems with especially um, toiletries and shampoos and soaps is that those chemicals and those products are always evolving. Right. So, um, like I know a few years ago, again, I'm the canary in the coal mine. I know it's like, well, if it's bad for anyone, I'm going to react first. And um, I started noticing that I was reacting to sunscreen. And I would get these horrible rashes from... uh, a sunscreen it's like well that's way worse than the sunburn I would have sure done. sure and and I started paying attention to okay what's the ingredient that is making me break out and it was octal methacinamate and I looked and it was like sure enough every single time I'm gonna break out in a rash mm. it's octal methacinamate and so I still pay attention to that of course and I started using more physically um based sunscreens like ones with titanium dioxide in them or um zinc oxide and I mean titanium oxide not dioxide um those actually are more of a physical barrier but they've now evolved the chemical product that's in those sunscreens and it's not octal methacinamate anymore it's something that is 
sort of sounds like that, mm. but it's a little different. And that's one that I paid attention to. So as far as the products that are in um, skincare and shampoo and soaps, it's like, I can't keep up on all those things and I'm not a chemist. So right, right. I don't know other than I know I research the brands um, that have the natural products and the ones that have the organic products. And I try to just stick with those brands because yep. it, otherwise it's like you could spend, you know, hours and hours sure. trying to study all those chemical products sure. and, you know, you, you can just make it easy by saying, okay, <laughs> this one says it's organic and this is a brand that I know and trust has organic products. And this one is a little bit iffy because it came from Walgreens as opposed to, right. you know, the health food store right. or whatever. So and you know, that's the best I can tell you on that. I, I mean, I can name a bunch of chemicals, but I don't know if any of us would remember them. No, I mean, I, I think, you know, really the point is find the products with the least amount of ingredients listed with the least chemical yeah. chemist type names listed. Um, for example, one of the things I've used for years when I bike commute somewhere that doesn't have a shower is tea tree oil. We know that that's a naturally occurring substance. Um, right. My local CSA where I pick up my veggies every week, I've, I've stopped buying my soaps in stores and I've started buying my soap from a local gal here that makes it out of basically like you know, honeycomb and lavender and, and a few other naturally occurring oils. Um, so I think, you know, we can use a, quite a bit of common sense will go a long way here in this realm, but certainly moving away from the mainstream product lines and moving more into the natural food um, store offerings is probably a good start. And yeah. and then just paying attention, like you said, I've noticed a huge difference since switching to this, this soap made locally as opposed to the dial soap, um, a huge difference. And I've moved away from deodorant too, like you mentioned, um, because I started reading and realizing how much of those chemicals are linked to women's breast cancer occurrences yes. since that um, armpit is full of all kinds of arteries and vessels that will absorb essentially straight into those mammary glands as I understand it. So Exactly. Um, you know, scary stuff, scary stuff for sure. But, you know, the overall theme here that just keeps coming up is just awareness. And if you want to be fully optimized, making very intentional decisions for yourself, both about what you put in your body and what you put on your body. And um, we're going to include links to some of these articles you've mentioned and the books that you've written. Um, but in these last sort of three minutes or so on this second episode, if you would, um, you know, and this is a question I ask all my guests, what, what is it that you'd like to be known for? What is your legacy or what mark do you want to leave on the world? And, and certainly I think your specialty in these topics uh, lends itself to a really significant impact. Wow. <laughs> um, that's, that's a big question. It is. Um, and I could talk a, lo a long time about that, but um, the biggest thing I want to leave, and I will try to condense it down into just a couple sentences, is that what we put in our bodies and what we surround ourselves with has a huge, huge effect on ourselves mentally, emotionally, and physically. And if we pay attention to what we are putting into our bodies and what we are doing to our bodies, and that includes lifestyle things like um, exercise and you know smoking or not smoking and those kind of things but sure. I think you know especially think what you put into your body and on your body you can optimize yourself physically mentally emotionally in every way if you do it and you pay attention and some people don't realize how 
big of a difference that could be. I mean, if I didn't pay attention to all those things that I pay attention to, um, diet, health, food allergies, um, lifestyle choices, exercise, I would be a mess. I would be an absolute mess. And, you know, especially me, because I have, you know, gluten sensitivity and I have a dairy allergy. But I I found those things out. It took a lot of work. And, um, you know, I would be a, a crazy, raving lunatic, probably in a mental facility, with, you know, maybe schizophrenia or something. Right. There's a, tie, there's a tie-in with gluten and, and schizophrenia. But, um, I and I would be sick. I would, I could have been, you know, could be diabetic. I could be overweight. I could just have a zillion problems. And it's only because, you know, I and anybody else have paid attention to, if you pay attention to those things, um, diet, lifestyle, and and nutrition, it's like, you can optimize yourself and it is amazing how awesome you can become from those things kind of unlocking your full potential right and i think the problem is so many people just settle for the status quo and assume that that's as good as it gets and and you and i both know from our experiences that there's this whole other realm of existence that can be yours (laughs) yes absolutely you know i I look at some of my friends that i went to high school with and there's they're back in indiana and you know it's a more conventional state but they're surrounded by that conventional lifestyle and you know i it, it makes me sad because I look at it and they are overweight. They are in bad health. They they look and feel old and talk about being old. Yeah. And they're not active and and they're sick. And it's like, yep. oh my god, this could be anybody. Or you know, or you could optimize your health and feel fantastic. And you know, I I have two boys and three kids, but I have two boys who are very athletic. And um, very athletic. I mean, these guys were like soccer stars and track stars. And uh, one of the funniest things is, uh, I don't know, it's like three or four years ago, we um, had mountain bikes. And we were here in Colorado. as We were just visiting at the time. And we were riding mountain bikes, and we had a hill to go up. And I wasn't acclimated to the, the altitude here, but I was in pretty good shape. And I kicked my boys' butts. They're back there off their bikes, walking their bikes, and grumbling about, Mom, I can't believe you dragged us up here. I can't believe that you're making us do this stuff. And I laughed. I'm like, you guys are 20. I'm like, you know, whatever I was at the time, 55 or 57 or something. And I'm riding my bike, and I'm doing fine. And it's like, it doesn't matter how old you are. You can be in optimal health no matter what. And it can start today, can't it? It can start, it can start today. Start right it is now. never too late. That is that is the other big message that I'd like to tell people because they say, well, you've been doing it your whole life. Well, yes, and I've been reaping those benefits. Yes. But you can start tomorrow and you will reap those benefits as well. Oh, powerful stuff, Kat. Thank you so much. I, I already have three more podcasts I want to do with you as a follow-up. One is the, the supplements and the um, minerals that you mentioned and a couple more of these deeper dives I want to do, but we'll kick off with these first two. And um, if you have any parting thoughts for our listeners, you know, one, one takeaway piece of advice, what would you share to wrap this up? Like we just said, you can start tomorrow and make massive changes in your life. Um, not only your own life, but when you start changing physically and mentally and emotionally, 
you change the lives of everybody around you and mm. everybody benefits from that. So I think that's huge. That is so powerful. Kat, thank you so much for your time this morning. This has been an absolute joy for me. I, I've just learned so much from you and I can't wait to share this with our listeners. This was super fun. Thank you so much for asking me to participate. I loved it. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for listening to Maximum Enthusiasm with Megan Hoppen. Subscribe, check out our blog, and learn more at MaximumEnthusiasm.com.